welcome to the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Let's join our geeky hosts on this week's episode. And welcome to another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. The podcast where we drink a few beers, decide to tear apart San Francisco, um, but spare Japan for mm-hmm. change. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your host, Matt. I'm Adam. Welcome to this week's episode, but before we dive into the... Topic. The atomic... The atomic topic. Atomic topic. (laughs) We're going to talk about where to find us. Follow, subscribe, like, comment, tweet, all that great stuff. At Geek Drink Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, X, Discord, TikTok, um, RadioactiveLadies.net. I was going to say Tohoes. (laughs) Tohose.com. Um, That's a deep cut for some people. A deep cut. Or Muto.gov. Muto Latte. Muto Lattes. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, but before we dive into this week's episode, we've got to have those drinks before we tear up San Francisco. Yes. Or Hawaii. Have, or Hawaii. Or, or Reno. Las Vegas. It was Las <laughs> Vegas. I thought it was Reno. It was Vegas. <laughs> the biggest little city in the world. <laughs> But let's talk about our drink of the week. Time to grab your beverage and join along as the geeks discuss the drink of the week. This week we are having another right. Avery brew, uh, so another Boulder, Colorado brew. Mm-hmm. We're having the Ghost Consendia. Mm. Good job, yeah. good job, uh, you know, good job, Mexican. I, do like, I like ghosts. <laughs> I do. They're a good beer. Um, so for those who don't know, ghosts tend to be a little more sour of an ale. Um, mm-hmm. This one is a sour ale with watermelon, limes, and sea salt. Yes. What does it say on the side? Oh, Sprechen. Sprechen Sea Espanol. Yeah. Do you speak Spanish? Mm-hmm. But kind of, because I yeah. think Gosas are more German, German yeah. style. So That's why Sprechen is a German word. Yes, so uh, nice blend. We'll find yeah. out how so it is. It is uh, a fresh, a refreshing margarita-inspired twist on a German-style Goss. Yes. Gosa. And Gosa. Gosa. Yeah. Sorry. 4.5. Yes. My favorite, my favorite motto, though, of Avery is... Beer first. The rest will come. Yes. Or the rest will follow. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, cheers, brother. Cheers. And we are always doing these in cans for some reason, so you don't really get the clink. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cheers. Hmm. Yeah. Different. Different. It's not I'm, as sour as you tend to see with these these ales. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I don't. I don't not like it. Yeah, it's not high in your radar, but it's not like you it's know, just, go out of there. And, it's just yeah. a little like different for your palate. I mm-hmm. guess kind of. After drinking an IPA. Well, that'd be a week for the, our viewers. Well, you could have had an IPA before you drove over here, Adam. I didn't, but okay. But, you know, but it's it's definitely, like, crisper, refreshing. Get that, I get a lot more lime than watermelon. Yeah. And I, I kind of get the salt. I do get the salt. Yeah, it's kind of... Yeah, but 
Good job, Avery. You, you're making crazy stuff that we <clears throat> like. Yes. Um, they have an island rascal now. Hmm. So instead of the white rascal, it's an island rascal. It's got more island inf- uh, infused flavors. Is what oh. said. I forgot to ask. I saw that, um, I believe, Living the Dream Brewery is yes, opening up a new location close here. to you. Yes. Grist is leaving and they are... So Grist is leaving. Yes. Okay. I will say this much. Like, I had friends that worked for Grist. It's okay. It's just okay. But I really liked Living the Dream. All right. Well, So there you go. Um, welcome to the neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> Even though I don't As live over here. the year. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, now that we've um, lubricated our palate and unintentionally did our whistles, yeah, and we, um, but I unintentionally did sea salt, knowing that this movie takes place in the ocean. Well, partially. Partially. All right. Oh, that. Oh, that. Oh, don't get salty. Oh, no, you reminded <laughs> me of a note I forgot to write down. But all right, well, we'll dive into it real fast. <laughs> all right, folks. It's time for the topic of the week. Geeks going to talk about this week. All right, folks, we are talking about the 2014 beginning to the Monster Universe. We're talking about the big bad, the big good, the big atomic lizard. Or just Titan. What, Titan what, like, what do they call them? They Titans? Because like, yeah. there's like Mutos and then Titans. They're all Titans, and Muto just stands for uh, Massive Unidentified Terrestrial Object. Yes. So but we're talking about... 2014's Godzilla, the Gareth Edwards directorial de- debut. Not his directorial well, debut, a major but it's, it's his probably the biggest picture that he put out at the time because this oh, yeah. was all pre um, Rogue One, and um, I haven't seen his uh, the creator. The creator. It looked really cool, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, Not yet. Uh, but yeah, no Gareth Edwards. Uh, Got this job based on his previous kind of low budget film, which will be my wreck of the week, and I'll yep. get I'll get into that later. All right. <laughs> but we'll talk about Godzilla 2014. Yes. Um. So Godzilla 2014, starring Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Cranston. You've got uh, Elizabeth Ken, Olsen, Ken Watanabe, Ken Watanabe. The only person we see in subsequent films. Yes. Doesn't he die in the third one? That's in the next one. Well, no, I thought he died in Kong. No, he died in Godzilla versus uh, uh, in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah. Anyway, I, I don't remember, but um, Kim Montanabe, one of my favorite actors. Oh yes, uh, Last Samurai. Great. Uh, Inception. It's <laughs> <was> great. <laughs> Inception. Um, what else? Oh, he was, Wait, he was in Batman no, was, Begins, too. He was in... Yeah, and then... Um, yeah, uh, Batman Begins, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kim Watanabe. I mean, obviously, Last Samurai. Um, Detective Pikachu. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> we should talk about the Pikachu. <laughs> the we Detective. should talk about the Pikachu. Maybe, maybe we'll get JV on to talk about Detective Pikachu. Yeah, he's and, been in two Transformer movies. Mm-hmm. Um, Unforgiven, Flags of Our Fathers, or no, I'm sorry, Letters from Iwo Jima, which is the Japanese version. Great movie. Well, 
that was an interesting thing. So Clint Eastwood made two versions of yeah, one from of, the American perspective, one from the Japanese perspective. Letters from Iwo Jima was the better one. Um, I hate to say it. It just... I recommend reading the book, Flags of Our Fathers, first. Yes. But I think a lot of... We're getting way off topic again, but I think having... Like, I never knew about the Japanese perspective on Iwo Jima. Like, had no clue. Yeah. And you see that and you're just like, holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is they had such a terrible time oh yeah they just kept fighting so you give them props even though they were our enemy at the time but um, anyway but uh, yeah no I, I love me some Ken Watanabe yeah so um, you know you've got this film and it obviously is a reboot for American audiences of the Japanese films correct uh, all done Normally by Toho, and yeah. I don't know, um, Matt, have you watched a lot of those older Toho yeah, ones? Yeah, I have. Okay, so same as me. Um, uh, I prefer, like, the first one. Oh, and yeah, I know they the had, original. They had kind of two versions that came out with the first uh, version. There was one that was American and one mm-hmm. that was Japanese. And then there was one where you had a superhero robot and Godzilla yeah, bouncing weird. on his tail and kicking. Godzilla started to get enemy. weird in the 60s and 70s. Yes, it things got a little bizarre, but you kind of you kind of stuck with it cuz there was a there was a charm to these monster movies. Oh, yeah. It's like I don't know if like folks out there like if you have like an opinion on it, let us know, but to me, it's like there was always something like as a kid, I loved the monster movies. Well, and you know the Godzilla films in the fifties and sixties definitely started that trope where you get the bad dubbing mm-hmm. into English, yeah. where the the mouth moves and some words come out that are English, but it doesn't fit well. Correct, and, and that's where you get that that stereotype of Japanese films being dubbed into English. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Forget which one that was, but it's it was one of my favorite. that's the one where Godzilla teams up with a giant robot superhero yes. and, <laughs> and kicks a um, monster in the chest by flying. It was funny. Um, but no, I for some reason I just was like as a kid I was always just fascinated with the Toho monster movies and can't really tell you why um but this was kind of the first i don't want to say the first attempt to westernize no because we had the 1998 version yeah by your boyfriend matthew broderick Roland Emmerich. (laughs) I was like, Matthew Broderick, I mean, that's not a bad boyfriend to have if I was gay. Um, Nothing against gay people, but... um, No, I just enjoy disaster movies by Roland Emmerich. Uh, Yeah, for some reason, even though he's a hack fraud. But um, but this was was kind of the first time, I think, that they brought a... uh, this kind of... the Godzilla to a Western audience. But... Also, at the same time, I feel like they've kind of set things up where it's 
kind of honoring its origins from Japan. Oh, yeah. All that. Um, but, yeah. So, um, I guess... Uh, so, let me ask you, Adam. Design of Godzilla. He looked great. I think, I think Godzilla looked great. He looked menacing. Yeah, I um, like how it didn't wasn't... they shrink him down for King Kong versus Godzilla? Yeah, they oh. change, they sizes change between the three films, but yeah. that's just more of a visual. <laughs> we call it the water's cold, so you get a little shrinkage. Yes, there you go. <laughs> but I mean, in terms of it, they did enough with his redesign to pay homage to the, the original. Yes, um, and not make him look into like a stupid T Rex monster from. 1998. 1998. Or, you know, a guy in a suit. Yeah. Oh. You know, it looks really menacing. You can see how he was big, but he was powerful. You can see the musculature a little bit. You can see the the thoughtfulness and design of the character. Mm-hmm. And I guess this kind of goes on to the thing I was talking about earlier. Um, in terms of, like, the mass yes. of him. One of the things I loved about this film was, like, he'd be swimming through the ocean, and he'd be displacing, like, so oh, much the ships, water. I mean, and getting inundated with water as he goes by, and yes. this displacement, you see... Like, he comes up onto, like, the shores of Honolulu, yeah. and there's, like, a tsunami that comes through. Because it's, it's, like, a basic physics thing of equal mass displacement. Yeah. But it's... That was cool. That yeah. was a cool trick that they did. Because you got the idea of how little we are and, and to this Right thing. there, and that brings me to my favorite scene from this movie, is the, the Muto, the, the big bad of the film, is attacking the Honolulu airport. Mm-hmm. And it hits a plane and starts the chain reaction of a piece of plane to the next plane and it blows up. And then Godzilla's foot steps in the frame with that thud. Yeah. And the terminal of screaming people just go silent like, oh shit. <laughs> yes. Um, My, I mean, just cinematography wise and sounding wise, it is beautiful because if that happened in today's society, I think it'd be the same reaction. Well, this kind of, it goes to another point that um, some people found... Um, this film a little, like, I, I would say it's kind of polarizing yeah. to, to some people because a lot of people criticize the fact that, of like, you didn't get to see the monster action as much or you got glimpses of Godzilla. And it was just kind of this whole thing where people were like, this is a Godzilla movie, but you don't get to see it. But what I think Gareth Edwards really succeeded with and his cinematographers succeeded with were kind of almost showing how we, as people, would be seeing Oh yeah, this is very much a Cloverfield kind of style. Not the first-person shaky camera, but this is... If you're a film crew and you're documenting this from... The pier in San Francisco, a fight off in the distance. This is how you're going to see it. Or if you're coming by in an aircraft, yeah, it's like if you're a if you have this like <coughs> one or two shot type thing where you're looking at one character. Godzilla is so massive. Oh yeah, he's not going to be completely in frame, and really, you only see these giant monsters like 
more on like television well, and, I think and from glimpses it makes it more real in terms of less CGI. You're not having this massive CGI on CGI fight and start picking the parts. Yes. You're getting glimpses here and there. You do have some pretty good action sequences towards the end of the film. but Mostly towards the end. Yeah, but That's... you still, it's not this entirely CGI monster the entire time yes. in your face. And um, Who was bo-capped? Oh, he was? Yes. Oh, interesting. Uh, Which I think it helped add to Ishi, they, I the don't... movement and the realism style. Yes. Okay. Um... But yeah, so a few things um, I really liked about this film. Uh, sort of the preamble, like kind of setting up. things yeah, up. you know, we've got the Bikini Atoll nuclear test to try well, eliminate Godzilla. Kind of like... During the opening credits. But you're kind of like, oh, it's a mystery. You're yeah. kind of learning some things. The whole thing that takes place in 1999 with the... In the Philippines, reactor, yeah. Like the Philippines and then the nuclear reactor in Japan. And you're kind of like, oh... This is all like yeah, very mysterious, very cool. Um, pretty much um, for me, the the biggest problem that I have with it is Brian Cranston. Spoiler <laughs> alert! Hey, 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 if you're gonna have a problem with it, you have to save it for your hot takes. Well, he dies within thirty minutes. <laughs> True, and I spoilers. I yeah, thirty Spoiler, minutes into the film, this old. guy is like top build. <laughs> As, like, your star. But I'll get into that later. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I liked the whole setup. Because it, it painted, like, okay, Monarch is looking into things. And I think they've done a great job of building Monarch as this, like, corporation. That's, yeah. Like, or government entity that's tracking these creatures. And that was really cool. Um, but it's like, you were kind of finding things out like you were like like some of the characters were. Yeah. Um and like I said, like the cinematography and um was very creative, very interesting. Um like I said, it it almost felt like you weren't you didn't have these like glamour shots of massive monster fights. You had more like this is what the people are seeing. Yes. At the point. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's not not as kind of crazy as some of the Toho stuff, but I think they spent some time and made a really awesome, like, creative universe in which these characters can be connected. Like, you can have King Kong, you can have Mothra, you can have all this, like, now interconnect. Yes. And it, it, they did it in the right way. They didn't go initially like, here is Godzilla versus um, Mothra. Here is Godzilla versus King Kong. We're going to build to it. And we're not going to overly rush it like the DC did. Or um, <laughs> Batman versus Superman. We're the, doing it now. Uh, dark Universe with the Mummy. Yeah. Well, we're, <laughs> but, um, no, but I, I really enjoyed the fact that they kind of took their time with it. Um, one thing I did like is the scientific explanation around some of these things, mm-hmm. you know. These creatures existed when the Earth was a lot more radioactive from being formed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they thrive on nuclear radiation to the point where that is a food source and they absorb it. So you've got the second Muto in the Yucca Mountain uh, yeah. facility absorbing all this nuclear radiation. And no one knows this is a thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I like that kind of in-world yeah. scientific explanation to yeah. this kind of thing. Well, and it's like, a, and if you recall from the other Toho movies, a lot of those Godzilla movies were scientists in a lab talking. Yes. Or politicians talking. Yes. Um, the monster action is very... Like, it's there, but and it's the big set piece, but it's a lot of just people talking and trying to figure things out. Um, so I felt like this one uh, definitely honored that sort of tradition, where it was like, oh yeah, we're just people trying to figure out like how to stop this thing. Yeah. And then ultimately they're just like, we're ants to them. Oh yeah. <laughs> and... We can only do so much, like, to bring them together and to have what Ken Watanabe says, let them fight. And it's just sort of like, only one of these titans can kill another. And And Godzilla's supposed to be the alpha of the world, so... Correct. Um, We hope he wins, because if he doesn't, the whole food chain's unbalanced. Correct. Uh, so I just want to like I kind of brought up Brian Cranston and we brought up uh, Cass. Um, so it turns out like our main character is Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yeah, he's playing um, Ford. Um, yeah, yeah, Ford. So um, decent actor. I liked him in um, Kick Ass. I liked him in that uh, Bullet Train movie. Yeah. Um, um, He's pretty decent in Avengers. Yeah, well, he was only in it for a little bit. Yep. But uh, he's now... Playing sister to his wife in this movie. Mm-hmm. Or playing his brother, brother to his wife. I'm yeah. sorry. Anyway, um, I guess he's in this Craven the Hunter movie that's yes. probably... Is it supposed to come out next, next year? year? Yep. Or did it get pushed back even further? <laughs> it's supposed to be next year. So. Okay. Anyway, but I, I think he's a decent actor. Um, I just... I'm like, okay, and then he has Elizabeth Olsen playing his wife. He has, what, two kids? One. One kid. Yep. Um, and uh, his wife's a nurse. They live in San Francisco where Godzilla kind of makes landfall. I felt like the the relationship, uh, like the two of them becoming the main characters, was just so boring. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives you a sense of the people drama, and that's what... You could have done it better, and I will get into that with my hot take, but I just am like... So, Aaron Taylor Johnson plays this character that's an uh, EOD tech. So, for the Navy. Uh, explosive ordnance disposal um, for the Navy. Uh, he seems to have this amazing ability to be... In the right place at the right time, or the wrong place at the right time, or the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know what you want to call it, but he seems to show up, like, first things first, he's, like, bailing his dad out of jail. And so he's in Japan when this first Muto attacks. And... Well, he's in in Japan when the first Muto attacks the nuclear plant. And the whole thing, his mom is killed. But it's like, okay, he's bailing his dad out. Then the other Muto comes. Same Muto. It's the same one? Yeah, it's the one it it tunneled into the reactor and created a cocoon cocoon and fed off its radiation. Okay. 
But it's like, okay, he's how is he in all these places? Like, and then he's in Honolulu when Godzilla and Amito fight, and then he's in San Francisco doing all this stuff. He's always in this place when something is happening, and I felt like that was a little lazy writing. I also would think it it furthers his story in terms of it gives you. But he has no story. It's no, he, do, he, does. he doesn't grow. He doesn't develop. Well, you know, the only you don't have thing to have growth and development for. But the only, th- I mean, basically, you, let's, let's be honest. Are you going to have this follow Ken Watanabe's character? Like I would because loved, I would argue that there's no. I would point. have loved it if it was him, Brian Cranston, Ken Watanabe, like working together, trying okay. to do stuff. But it just seems like he's always in the right place at the right time or whatever and then it's like oh yeah he has to be an expert on explosives so he's the only guy that can set off this nuclear bomb at the end to attract the creatures together so they can fight and I just was like oh god this is they just it wasn't creative okay and going into like I won't get into my wreck but my wreck handled it so much better. Like, two characters experiencing something, and it's kind of like, okay, this was better. But I just, like, felt like the whole him and Elizabeth, like, him and Elizabeth Olsen, like, didn't really connect with me. It's like, oh, you get that. Like, oh, yeah, he has a family. Okay, you could have had anyone play his family. But it's like, he's more dedicated to his military job and what he's trying to do than he is trying to get his family out or save his family. And it's just kind of like you could have had a whole thing like The Quiet Place where you have like a family trying to survive a monster attack. Okay. But it just was like, no, he's like, I'm going to do my job. and Well, because doing his job would save the family. He doesn't know that. <laughs> hey, there's a good assumption that hey, if I do my job and get rid of these monsters, my family will be safe. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like he did. Like we can't do anything about these monsters. No, is kind of the that's the what we learn of it. Is it's just like they are during the build up that we're gonna use this nuke to get all three at the same time. We don't know. Yeah, that's the case, and I would argue, you know. Him being in the military, him having orders, him doing his duty would be what should be expected. <laughs> <You> said duty. <laughs> it should be expected of anyone in that in that situation. True, but you think also it's like the world's going to hell. Like, what does it matter? But um, let's Just talk. Let's also talk about like so the Mutos, the two yeah. villain characters um, or villain monsters. What did you think of the designs? I liked them because it was very different. It wasn't grounded in something we've seen in the past. And it wasn't from a previous Toho film. Correct. But I would say it was very Cloverfield-esque looking. Somewhat. um, Somewhat. Like, granted. More spidery, in my opinion. Correct. But the, like, walking on all fours. um, There were were differences. But it... I definitely got a lot of Cloverfield okay. vibes. What do you feel about so with these Mutos? 
I, I think, and this is my opinion on this, I like the design in the fact that they based it in science of, hey, the females can be bigger, mm-hmm. it's going to be wingless, and its job is to lay eggs and have more babies, and the yes. male's job is to provide. Yes. And it was very interesting in how they did that, where the female is bigger, which is historically prov- true. Yeah, and it provided um, like an ecosystem yeah, like for these it. creatures. Yeah. And so that was kind of where my take was on that, was it was an interesting and fun scientific way to play this out. Yes. Yes. Um, And I think they're doing a great job with all the other films and the the Monarch TV series. And the upcoming Godzilla X-Kong, yeah. I don't know how that's going to work, but I'm really psyched for that. So I guess let's just... I'll, I'll do yeah, a little. We can just dive into. Let me do a context. little rapid fire thing for a second. So, um, twenty fourteen Godzilla, okay, had its problems. Um, not gonna lie, but I enjoyed it overall. Um, the uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters came out. It tried to address a lot of the criticisms that uh, people had with um, this film. Okay. Um, then you had Eleven in it, and Vera Faminga, um, and the guy from Friday Night Lights. Um, so you had a interesting human element, but you had like bigger monster yeah. attack action. Then they came out with Kong Skull Island. And do not pick up the video game. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, Kong Skull Island, I thought was very interesting. Um, made a made some mistakes as well. I think uh, one like killing off Jeff Goldblum's character was really bad. John Goodman or John Goodman? Jeff. Goldblum. I was like, wow, I don't remember him in that movie. But then there were some silly moments, like the guy like with the bandolier of grenades, and he's like, I'm gonna take out this monster, and then the monster just smacks him and. Sends him flying and then he blows up against it. It's silly. But had its good moments and you're building this lore of what Monarch yeah. is. And then you had Godzilla versus Kong. Um, and uh, that was the worst one of the three, in my opinion, before. I. It was hammy. But like corny and hammy, but in a good way. And I really like the director. That directed it. Yeah, Adam Wingard. Adam Wingard. um, If you want to see some great Adam Wingard films, uh, The Guest is great. Um, Your Next is great. Um, Some people like have mixed feelings about the newest Blair Witch, but yeah, whatever. Um, But I found it kind of hammy and corny and fun. So I was like, okay. Um, The thing I'm excited about with this next uh, one coming out so um, Adam Wingard is back as director but his longtime collaborator uh, Simon Barrett who I think is probably one of the best screenwriters like that is very unknown out there and like I said they've they've collaborated on a lot of projects is actually writing this one so I'm, I'm I have higher hopes because um, I know, uh, yeah, Simon Barrett worked on like yeah, Yanks and oh, he did a remake of Blair Witch, which I didn't realize was a thing. Oh yeah, uh, it's okay. It's, it's not very good. <laughs> it becomes like aliens. Okay. Like, 
Sorry, spoilers. It's all no, aliens, apparently. But um, but no, like uh, Simon Barrett and Adam Wingard work really well as a team. Like, um, so that was kind of that's my little like <laughs> rapid fire. All right, thing. So to get caught up on the MonsterVerse, this is kind of <laughs> it. But um, I think they've done a great job, like building this. Well, it's interesting because and... they built to King Kong versus Godzilla. And they even said, hey, if this does well, we have ideas, but we really need you guys to tell us where you want to go with this. Yeah. Because the universe is built to get to this point. Yeah. But, like, um, the series Monarch... I haven't caught it yet. It's oh, on the list. It's, it's just getting better. Good. It's a little weird in terms of its storytelling, and I know I've recommended it, yeah. like, previously, but it's... Yeah, it takes place some, in like the 1950s. Yes, and then and we then also have the 2014, yeah. and then there's also like a small flashback to like Kong Skull Island, and you're kind of so if you're not used to that, like jumping back and forth, it can be a little disorienting. But I recommend it as well. Just like check it out. But if you like this shit, <laughs> um, all right. Sorry, that's okay. That's my that's my rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing that was interesting, I mean, they are good films. Godzilla vs. Kong was released during the middle of the pandemic, and it brought in more money than they expected, and was also the most pirated film of 2021. Mm. <laughs> it was, it just was fun, and I, I remember back when I had Twitter, I like put out there, I was just like, Adam Wingard, you did it, you did it, you son of a bitch, you did it. <laughs> like, it was just fun for me. Like, I like. Because I sat yeah. down and watched it, and I was like, all right, I got some beers. I'm going to sit down, watch this silly film. And I had a great time. And when you're kind of not expecting, like, Oppenheimer or Inception or like, yes. an amazing film, like, that's super thought-provoking or whatever, you kind of can turn your brain off and be like, you know what? I'm just going to watch something and be entertained. It's like the same thing with like the new Mortal Kombat movie that came out. I thought that was fun. See, and that's how <laughs> I feel about fun. <laughs> um, disaster movies by Roland Emmerich. You just turn your brain off and have fun. Ah, I, I can't do it. I know, I know you you love him, but <laughs> I don't love him. But it's one of those like you just said Mortal Kombat where you just like could turn my brain off and have fun. This is what this is. Yeah, but I think Mortal Kombat is much better than anything Roland Emmerich has put out. I, oh, I will say again, you are wrong. I will say there are two decent Roland Emmerich movies. One, Universal Soldier, with Jean Claude Van Damme and Dolph <laughs> Lundgren, and it's only good because of them. And then Stargate, which became better. Because of the series. But, like, I, I just... I know we've talked about it a bunch on that. Did you ever see the movie Midway? No, it got terrible reviews. Oh, I thought it was actually really good. Yeah, I'm like, I'd rather watch the original Midway, which I saw, like, <laughs> two I decades ago. I highly watching this one because... We're on a tangent before we wrap up, folks. You know what? Let, let's leave it. Let's just move into our... Um, all right, hot takes. Hot takes. Yes, hold on. Hot takes. Hot takes. What are they going to say this week? 
Give me your one big hot take. All right, Brian Cranston dies way too early. He would have been a better uh, driving force for okay. the film uh, because he was a character that actually had a drive, a purpose. Uh, he wanted to know the truth, and you could have had him partnering up with Ken Watanabe and then have Aaron Taylor Johnson like that's how he is there and more involved in the story but um yeah they kill him off within literally like 30 minutes into the film but he was the best part like the moment that he had to shut that door at the beginning was more emotional than everything else in the film. Well, it was the big death of the film. Yeah, but it's even, like... Even him dying wasn't as emotional as his wife. But it was just more like... You get you made this character, you gave him a purpose, a passion, a drive, an obsession. And then you just kill him off. Yeah, and I like that choice. As much as I liked him being in it, and wish we had more of him, to subvert... He was top build! <laughs> he was the last on the top bill. Well... He was the with Brian Cranston. Well, that's always a uh, little hint. Hint that, like, you whenever you see someone that says it's like with yeah. this person, you know they're kind of the the big deal. Yes, but, and you know I will say the reason I liked him dying when he did was it subverted the expectations of the film. It 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 was a good subversion where it's like. Brian Cranston's innocent. He's gonna be the bad. He's gonna be the good guy. He's gonna solve everything, and then he dies, and you're like, "Well, shit! The world has gone to hell in a handbasket." But it, wouldn't it have been better no. to just have no. him I, be like, "I'm going to help Monarch no, now because, to figure it out." No, because he's a nuclear scientist running a plant. He is not a yes, biological but expert, but and he's been he studying this stuff, and he breaks the first like little. But he doesn't nugget. know he broke it. <laughs> but. Because he was like crackpot theorist. Yeah, but wouldn't that have been great to be like, hey, we're bringing in this guy and we can talk about it (laughs) and we'll figure this out. And oh, by the way, my son is a explosives ordnance disposal guy. Oh, we need nuclear bombs. Oh, okay, we'll all work together. And it would make more sense to have Aaron Taylor Johnson in these areas. Rather and see, it, the than... way they explain it in the film makes sense the way he's there. <laughs> he happens to be in Japan during the first one. They're evacuating him to the U.S. He's like, okay, I'm on my way home. Honolulu is the major yeah. layover place on the way back to mainstream U.S. Oh, shit, the attack's happening here. And now he's at part of the refugee exodus. And they're like, hey, you're either here for a while or you put on your uniform and get back quicker. And then it's like, well, I need to do this to help my family. Yeah, this is just, what I'm going to do. It would have made more sense to me to have, like, an actual person that had, like, a drive. Okay. A, Fair enough. Like, something to push, like, the story forward. Um, th- that's my hot take. What, what do you got? What I you got think my big hot take would have been the order of the films. I think if King Kong would come first, just linearly. Oh, and also, like, folks... The Peter Jackson King Kong has nothing to do no. with this. <laughs> Visually a great movie, but not a great movie. Um, I liked it. But it's okay. A little long. A little very long. long. Um, no, well, Peter I will Jackson say, film isn't long. <laughs> yes. I think the order needs to be reversed. I think King Kong should have come first and just done this chronologically. 
mm-hmm. to explain the monarch thing instead of trying to backtrack it to the King Kong part. Yeah. But I think my biggest hot take on this does tie in a little bit to Aaron Taylor Johnson, the last second heroic being saved with the helicopter and getting out of the way before the nuclear goes off. Yeah. That's my hot take. Like, okay. It's it's a little long of the two, a little telegraph, but yeah, and especially because like, we don't have him in future films. Yeah, and also like the whole thing, like I had a problem with the like the little kid that he has to save in Honolulu magically gets reunited with her family, yeah. a city of millions of people. Then same thing, it's in San Francisco, magically gets reunited with his wife and child in a city of. Millions well, of people. No, no, I will. I will explain that way right here. He went to a survivor reunification camp, and they ha- they'll have a list of who's there and who's not. And him being in the army would have better connections than a traditional civilian. But they never show that. Yes, they do. They even say at the bottom of the of the of the, of the screen, San Francisco survivor. Uh, refugee camp. Yeah, but it's like imagine millions and millions of people trying to get into that camp. It's it that that's my thing. It's like there's so many people, and I'm like, that's think, not going to be the only I camp. Think Monarch did it better, where it was like the girl was trying to find her, like had her like she found her mom, but she was in this camp for days before her dad found her, and so. I liked that. All right. Like, that makes more sense to me. It's like, okay, we can get a list going. We can get a digital database and we can say, hey, someone's in this camp, this camp, wherever. But everything, like, again, Aaron Taylor Johnson's, like, always in the right place at the right time and wrong place at the right time or whatever, so. All right. Agree to disagree. Mm. All right. But, all right, Adam, it's time for our Geek Wreck of the Week. It's time for the Geek Wreck of the Week. What are the geeks going to recommend? And what are you recommending this week? Well, I'm going to actually recommend uh, Gareth Edwards' uh, first uh, first kind of major film. It was kind of independent. It's what got him this job. Um, it's a film called Monsters. came out in 2011. Um, it's just a beautiful story of characters trying to get to, like, get to safety yeah and i think it did what this film kind of wanted to do so much better but you also got to see a lot of the whole thing where these like it was more from the perspective of Mm -hmm. the people um you had two characters that were had great chemistry and were just better developed um because that's just who they were but yeah, check that one out. The second one, I think, became more of a military shooter thing, and Gareth Edwards wasn't involved, really. But Monsters was great. Um, I don't want to spoil a lot for it, um, but I'd say if you can find it on like some sort of streaming network, it's actually kind of a decent watch. So, um, And I think... Yeah, I mean, it got him the job for Godzilla. Yes, it did. And, uh, and it's got him the job for Star Wars. Well, but, but I just think that this was his... It was more a film that he he cared about um, telling this story and did a great job. So, yeah, that's my rec. What about you, Matt? All right, I am going to recommend a Roland Emmerich film today. Oh, for fuck's sake. I am going to recommend Midway. 
from a historical point of view, from a historical drama, yeah, I could see why critics maybe pan it because it's not the action-packed thriller that they're used to. But from a historical point of view, the accuracy, the attention to detail, the the suspense it gives you, and my wife will say this too watching it, that, you know, a lot of it focuses on some of the tor- torpedo bombers during the battle. And it's 1943, there is no precision-guided bombs. You look down your telescope, you think you're about where you need to be with wind and airspeed and... You drop it and hope it, it lands right. Mm-hmm. And during this battle, and they represent it pretty well in the film, the misses. And you're like, it's going to hit, it's going to hit, it's going to take out the Japanese, and it misses by meters, it misses by feet. And the anticipation of it going like, okay, is this going to be the one that hits the battleship? Is this the only one that takes it out? It's already damaged, and it misses. And the Americans are, are being... They're winning the fight, but barely. It's, I think the way they explained that in the film was so well done. Didn't they do it? I, they did that in the original. <laughs> they did to an extent, but the original also had a little bit more of a grander focus on the entire battle. This had a good focus on some more of the individuals and, and the people who were who did these fights, who did land these shots and stuff. Um, just and plus, they had a great cast. Just don't tell me you're like... I'm going to recommend Red Tails. <laughs> no. God, no. Horrible film. <laughs> the Tuskegee Airmen one that was came much out better. HBO was yes. fantastic. But, I mean, and the cast on this. you got Woody Harrelson. You've got um, Patrick uh, Wilson. Wilson. You, I mean, a huge cast. Good cast. All right. Well, I'll give you that. All right, folks. I'm not going to watch it, but... <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, this wraps up another episode of Have a Drink with Some Geeks, folks. Um, before episode we... 68. Eight. Jeez. The next one will be on OnlyFans. Yeah. I mean, what are we going to do? We, we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, but before we leave your ear holes, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, all that great stuff at Geek Drink Pod on all social media platforms. So yep. You know what they are. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, X, Discord, um... Subti Seaman of the North dot com. Mutohose. dot net. Mutotohose. And finally, my favorite website run, AdamSpeethersRoland dot com. Yeah, well. <laughs> He's a hack fraud. I hate him. Oh. All right, folks. Um, well, thanks for listening. And before I say have a great geek week, just know, Adam, that Henry Cavill was on the short list for this movie. Oh, really? Yes. Would he be playing in the, air, air, the, the main? Hmm. Interesting. And um, I don't know if I would be a fan. Like I don't know if I don't think it would have worked. But but Adam would have been wiping the drool off his face the entire movie. Well, apparently, I read an article. Apparently, he's built this like huge mansion in California or somewhere, and he's modeled it to look like his. His idea of what the Fortress of Solitude there you go would look like, and I'm just like, yeah, the, the guy is a huge geek, and um, that's great, but um, <laughs> I haven't seen pictures of it yet. But I'm like, yeah, it could be fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We hope everyone has a great geek week. Take it easy. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. Tune in next week to see what our geeky host will discuss next week. Goodbye. This has been another episode of the Have a Drink with Some Geeks podcast. All content, copyright, Geek Drink Pod 2023.